1000. Chicago's home for sports. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. Hanley and Hubner here in ESPN 1000. Be with you for the next hour. And, um, Brian, we talked about a little earlier. Um, hot stove baseball. This is a great time of year. Usually. Usually. <laughs> yeah, usually. Because uh, usually we get Jesse Rogers on and he tells us where everybody's going to go and what the rumors are and all the other stuff. And right now we bring in Jesse and he can tell us that people are maybe talking once a week or maybe. <laughs> right, Jess? How you doing? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's about it. I mean, they're, they're, the, the sides are talking to each other, but nobody else is talking. Players aren't talking to their teams and agents aren't talking to teams and all that stuff. That's just dead. I mean, I've talked to some players in the last couple of weeks. And, and in fact, I talked to a bunch of young players and, um, you know, there's these private facilities where they can work out at and, and get, get uh, instruction, but that's not like the entire you know, a group of MLB players. It's a certain amount that live in Florida, a certain amount that live in California, whatever. But like Nico Horner is in Chicago um, because family's in Chicago. So he stayed here. He can't use Wrigley Field, can't go outside. You know, so he's using regular public gyms, private hitting facilities. No feedback from, yeah, no feedback (laughs) from, from uh, the team. So it's it's weird for a lot of players. And then other players, they have kind of an off-season routine where they don't need their teams so much to get ready. So it's, it's just this weird kind of off season for a lot of players. Um, but, but obviously there's a lot of free agents like Rizzo and Schwarber and all those ex Cubs that are still out there other than bias that need jobs. And, you know, the white Sox have some needs. They're going to have to wait too. So it's just this waiting game until this labor thing ends. So uh, you posted on your Twitter feed, the, uh, the story that there were some talks and it wasn't anything substantial. Any of the core issues, the, the big money issues, um, was that a surprise? Any any communication, good communication? How did you read that? Um, I mean, yes, obviously, any good any communication is good communication, but it's it's not anything that's going to move move the the ball that much. Um, there's like 14 non core items they have to hammer out, and they've they've gotten through two as of this week, from what I understand. Uh, so they just, they have to get 12. It's like drug and drug and uh, domestic violence policy stuff. It's just updating mm. current policies and all-star game events. It's just all that junk that, that if they got the core stuff done, they could take care of this pretty quickly. So hopefully they're making progress there. But the, the big stuff, um, I think they just kind of took the month of December off. We could argue why, but whatever. The bottom line is January is going to be very, very important. And I know the league really, in the league's mind, December 1st was a deadline. That's why they locked out the players sort of wondering what the player's deadline is. Like, every negotiation needs a deadline. We know this. And in the league's mind, it was December 1st. But it it doesn't, you know, no one's losing games. No one's losing paychecks. So what is the real deadline, especially for the players? And I'm not sure I know the answer to that. Everyone kind of assumes February 1st. but Maybe it's later. Maybe it's April 1st. So until we know what that deadline is, this thing is probably going to drag on. Though I do think they'll get back to the table in, in January though I'm not sure progress will be made until we know what that deadline is. Uh, you had answered my question. I was going to ask you because I've heard several people say that February 1st, they think, could be, you know, is a reasonable uh, deadline because you still get pitchers and catchers reporting like on, you know, Valentine's yeah. Day and stuff like that. So it gives everyone time to to get together. But um, it, 
I know. We're just asking opinions. It's funny because I think the last time we talked to you, we were talking about, you know, oh, when it comes to um, trading deadline, we've asked you last year, all year last year, we asked you about when, you know, where's Chris Bryant going to go? What's going to, anybody going to keep this? And now you had to guess at that point. And now the same thing. We're guessing, right? Yeah, we're pretty much guessing. I mean, I've talked to both sides a lot over the last two months and a lot over the last two years since the beginning of the pandemic when they had those labor problems in 2020. And I will say, like, the lieutenants on each side, I'm not saying I've talked to Rob Manfred and Tony Clark every day, but the lieutenants on each side, uh, the rank and file negotiators, like, they, they have good intentions. Like, nobody wants to miss games. I mean, the rank and file people aren't millionaires and billionaires that negotiate. They might be millionaires. I don't know. But you know what I'm saying? Like, these people want to get a deal done. Uh, both sides want to get a deal done, but they're just stuck on the major core issues of free agency, of arbitration, of things that have been in in baseball for decades, right? I mean, Brian, you covered baseball. Uh, Six years to free agency has been around since 1975. You know, arbitration as it is now has been around since like 87. And before that was, you know, even longer in a different form. So these are major parts of baseball that the the union wants to make some changes to. And the the owners are like, no, we'll, we'll give you some changes. We'll give you an NBA style draft. We'll give you this. We'll give you that. And I, Look, from a fan's perspective, I actually think you got to give some credit to the, to the league. The union's presented some problems, and the, the league has addressed them. They haven't ignored them. They just haven't addressed them the way the union would like. But from a fan's perspective, think about this. The, 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 the league's offer of a $100 million payroll floor, we kind of like that. It makes the Pirates have to spend and all these teams spend. We like that. We makes some bad teams more competitive. And if they lower the CBT, that really affects – just the $300 million players, you know, as a fan, what do we care about? We care about competitive balance, right? Well, a hundred million dollar floor with let's say a $200 million ceiling for the, you know, the, the, the CBT, it's not a hard cap. Well, that, that means teams are going to be competitive between 100 and $200 million. So like from a fan's perspective, I don't mind the things the league has offered, but I do understand the union's plight. Like, Chris Bryant shouldn't win the MVP in his second year and get paid a million bucks like that. Those are the things that have to get changed. Players getting paid younger. So I kind of see both sides, even though I think we're all understanding of players, their short careers, they're the stars. Um, But from a fan's perspective, I don't mind some of the things the league has offered, but I do understand the union saying no to them. (laughs) I remember covering when I was covering the, uh, the NHL and the Hawks when they first came up with a salary cap. Um, Bill Wirtz was the one of the driving forces. In, in, you know, Surprise. Well, well, it gets better. <laughs> okay. Then they came in with the floor and the minimum you had to spend, and he was the only owner who voted and ended up voting against the thing. <laughs> <laughs> no one was going to tell him how much they had to, he was going to have to spend. Right. He, just, he was tired of seeing teams spending a lot more than he intended to. Um, you know, looking at uh, Fred talked about before the break about Cubs doing something big, and I, I'm, I'm getting a kick out of the love affair between Marcus Stroman and Cub Nation to this point, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the the group of car- carolers uh, seeing uh, Correa instead of Gloria uh, <laughs> for the Christmas That's where I'm carol. going. I'm, I'm, yeah. go- I'm, I'm, until they don't get them, I'm thinking the Cubs are going to spend big on one guy, and that's going to be Carlos Correa. Well, let think? me just say this. <laughs> this feels a lot like Bryce Harper a few years ago. There was a lot there. There was a lot of talk there and nothing in terms of courting him or negotiating with him. And everybody thought their Cubs were like waiting in the, weed, in the weeds, lying in the weeds for Bryce Harper. Nothing happened. 
Uh, It's the same scenario in the sense that they are projecting none of this publicly or even privately that they're interested in in a 10 year, three hundred million dollar contract. It was the same thing with Harper. And it turned out they were they weren't lying. Now, maybe they're lying in the weeds here, too. Is it laying in the weeds, Brian? You're the, you're the wordsmith. It, it, uh, they, maybe it's the same thing. Maybe they're just waiting, 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 and, you know, they'll get $10 million off the total or something because Correa is going to get I, – I, they've portrayed none of that. Um, they What they've portrayed is short – this is why Marcus Stroman was so attractive, three years. They said no yeah. to Gosman. They said no to Mats. They said no to anybody that was over three years. So they will they, – if they, if they sign Correa – they are changing their mind. There's no doubt in my mind. You don't have to be that cryptic to sign a guy. And that's why there was no, there was no smoke around Harper. And so far, there's been no smoke around Correa. So if they do it, Fred, it, it, they've changed their mind. They've yeah. changed their mind. They've portrayed, they've showed us what they're doing. Wade Miley, short term. Stroman is still a small deal in the big picture. It really is. Yeah, Three years. Sure. So, Absolutely. You know, it, it, it is. So. Uh, again, I don't know where anybody thinks – where have they showed their hand that they're going to do something big? If they do, I think it's, they have changed their mind and, 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 and you know, whatever they've decided uh, uh, they want to go big on. I hope they do it. I said in, in August, September, October, the litmus test would be shortstop. If this team is serious about getting back to winning quickly, they have a, a once-in-a-generation group of shortstops, you go get one. You need a shortstop, you have, a once in gen- you have no payroll, you go get one. But they've not showed their hand at all that they are willing to do the big, big deal. But maybe that'll change. Mm. Yeah, it, it reminded me uh, when Greg Maddox was a free agent, right? And uh, we were at the winter meetings, uh, Fred, Hot yeah. Stove League, uh, down in Louisville at the Galt House. And um, Ron Schuler was lighting up a cigarette and, and just kind of said, well, we made an offer to Maddox. It was the first anyone heard of this. But it was at the time where Jerry Reinsdorf, to, to your point, Jesse, was adamant that no pitcher was getting more in three years, right? That was just mm-hmm. the organization's stand, right? So the Yankees in Atlanta already had five-year deals on the table. He'd already been up, you know, driving around New York uh, being, you know, stick. Gene Michael was showing him houses up there, right? So, yeah, you can believe you're in on him, but three versus five wasn't going to get the needle moved. So, you know, until the, the Cubs show you, something different than spending you know, what they talk about spending intelligently um, yeah. until they come out and break whatever mold they seem to put themselves in that, that you know, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it, but I don't think it's happening. Yeah, exactly. I'll believe it when I see it. Um, I don't think it's happening. The market would have to crash. You'd have to give Correa some shorter term deal with opt outs. That's my opinion based on, on everything they've said publicly and privately. But this idea that they're playing some sleight of hand, I don't believe that. <laughs> I just don't believe that. Uh, the, 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 only thing that. The only other option is they, they sort of change their minds, change their thinking. Maybe the expanded postseason comes in and they say, well, look, if we sign Correa, we're an 81 team. We're right there. You know, who knows? But I don't think there was – I'll just say this. As the season ended and their offseason began, I don't think there was any plan to sign a guy for 10 years and $300 million. I think we could all agree with that. Yeah. Well, and you you mentioned you know all the shortstops and the one shortstop that everybody else mentioned. A lot of people have talked about that. I fear the Cubs would get him would be Trevor Story. I don't think Trevor Story is what is all that, and I never have actually. And um, I'm looking at his numbers from last year. Remember, he plays in Colorado. He had 24 homers. He hit 251. His on base was 329. His lowest in five years. Um, his slug was 471. His lowest. Again, in five years, um, 
So I don't know that he's the one. And if they get him, I think some Cub fans would be excited. I think mistakenly so. Well, yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. You know, there are people that disagree with us. My, my, you know, Jeff Passan actually likes Story a lot. There are people in the game that like Story a lot. I'm with you. I wouldn't take that chance away from Coors, not for huge, huge money. No. I'd rather spend the money on Correa. It'll be more. I, you know, dollar for dollar, I'd rather spend on Correa than Story, even though the Story deal will be less. Sure. I think they're going to end up with a defensive first shortstop. They've talked about how Stroman, Hendricks, Miley, you know, contact pitchers. It'll be Andrelto Simmons or, or Inglacius. You know, there's some, there's some defense first shortstops out there, again, to fill the gap here. I mean, the way, the, the way he's talked, Chad, privately and publicly, it certainly sounds like the plan has been to fill in the holes, be somewhat competitive, and sort of wait for that whole group of young players they've acquired, the Darvish guys, the Bryant kid, the Bias, and wait for that group to mature and see what sticks as far as Cub players and then use them in trades. Like, they're, they're, there's a disconnect. They're not ready with their youth, right? And they don't have enough to win now unless they try to buy a championship, and that's always a mistake. So, so they're, they're a little bit in between, and that's why I don't think they're ready to, to, to sign a guy like Correa and they'll work around the edges to be just more competitive. What does Rick Hahn have left to do on his shopping list or to-do list once they get back up and running? Yeah, I, I, I don't know what else to do except for a left-handed bat. I mean, if you don't get a left-handed bat, I'm not sure what he's thinking. I really don't. Um, and, that, and then, again, it's Jock Peterson, Schwarber, Michael Conforto fits for sure. I, I don't know what else you need. You, 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 you could work on your starting pitching. You can always add there. Uh, so let's just – because every team can. So let's put that aside. Um, I, I think you have to have a left-handed bat of, of significance. I, I don't know. It's two years I've been saying this. You put him right in the middle of that, that lineup with the righties, um, the guy's going to do some damage no matter who it is. So, uh, yeah, that, that's what he has left, really. Um, you know, you still got to work some edges on the bullpen, but you'd sign your big setup man in, in uh, Graveman, but you, you probably need a little bit more there. You can always use more pitching, but that lineup just needs a left-handed bat, Brian. I don't even care who plays second base. Garcia can play second. Get me a big left-handed bat, and that lineup looks a lot better to me. As long as Garcia's never in right field again. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know, it just, it, That's where Conforto works. He's right. a true outfielder yeah. more than Schwarber, even Peterson You know, in right especially. So that's where Conforto would work if they could do business with Scott Boris. But, uh, you know, Swarber's a DH and, and, and um, Vaughn slash Sheets in right. I mean, Vaughn really showed something. Give him another year out there. I, I wouldn't mind that. You know, get a true DH and put, and put Vaughn in right and split time with Sheets a little bit. That, that would work in my world. If you sign Schwarber, you can, he can spell Abreu at first, Eloy in left. Um, you know, there's options there with any of those left-handed bats where you can move some guys around. You're not going to have the best outfield defense. That's why you got to keep Luis Robert healthy. <laughs> Did you think that you know Showalter agrees to uh, go to the Mets? For some reason, that that seems to me like a uh, like a Larusa to the White Sox, where you know they're expecting to win in their division. Okay, yeah, because of sure. all the moves they've made. I think I think the the success that um, ba- uh, Dusty Baker's had, Larusa's had, you know, right. some of the older guys. I think, yeah, you know, I think has paved the way. I think that's certainly paved the way for a guy like Buck Showalter. It's not surprising they kind of went with a known commodity. I mean, Joe Espada is the next guy up, but, you know, he's gotten blocked a couple times here. You know, yep. Baker's in Houston. Like, in, in Nor- if this were a couple years ago, Espada would be in Houston, right? He'd be his job, or he'd be in New York. It'd be his job. Espada's the next guy up. People like the, the things that have gone down in Houston. I, I, I've seen him up close. He's good. He's ready. 
I think there's been a little bit turned back to the older guys here. And uh, I think we understand why experience does matter a little bit. And uh, it's kind of cool to see there's there's a mix of young guys, uh, young studious guys and older guys with experience. And, you know, there's different ways to win. It was telling to see all the love from Yankee fans on Twitter, you know, for Buck Walters, <laughs> you know, saying I wish he was still wearing pinstripes. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 let's be a little careful. I mean, every media loves Buck Walter, and I know he's mellowed a little bit, but let, 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 like, you know, let's see it. Let's see it. Because um, he's been around a while, and he's underachieved at times. He's overachieved at times. Uh, everybody's in love with this hiring. I want to see him have some success before I'm ready to, to say it's a, a sure fire the right man for the job, you know? That's my opinion. Jazz, at least with the lockout, you get to stay home a little more. Well, I've been home a lot. I've been home a lot. I've been watching a lot of football. You want to ask me about yesterday's bowl games? I could, I could break them all down for you. So, the Jimmy and, Kimmel uh, Bowl. Yeah, Jimmy. I watched. Them oh, all, I, basically. I, I, I will want to ask you about the NIU thing because I still don't understand the end yeah. of the game. I don't either. It was either an incomplete pass, which would stop the clock, a first down that would stop the clock. He's out of bounds that would stop stop the clock. I, there were like all these options that would have stopped the clock. Yeah, and and the ref is standing there. When he puts the ball down, but he hasn't like moved away. You know what I mean? When they yeah. move away and blow, yeah. Yeah. so I, I don't understand why the, the NIU people did not go crazy. It, the, that ending did not make any sense. They were they were great this year as an underdog, especially they, they were. were great. Brian, you must have made a lot of money off these guys. <laughs> Thank you very much, my alma mater. <laughs> well, and the thing is, if in fact it was fourth and one was the play, so if it was incomplete, they turned the ball over to Coastal Carolina. So. I didn't see a, a catch. There should have been a review or something. You I thought it I mean? would have been fourth down if it was. Well, no, whatever. Yeah, no, it was, you're right. yeah, it was fourth and one okay. on the play because uh, right. I went back and watched the highlight. And, okay, um, so if it was incomplete, it's their ball. They didn't switch switch sides. Exactly. If he catches it, yeah. then, then the other two options absolutely would stop the clock. <laughs> sure. If he catches it, it's a first down, or he goes out of bounds, it's a, it's, it stops the clock. I know. it didn't make None of it made sense. and, and it, It's like they had to get to the next game. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what happens with these bowl games. Oh. The, the clock is winding. Come on, let's go. Get this game over with. They had a so, great season, though. They yeah. had a great season. No, they did. It was fun did. to watch them. It was fun to watch their quarterback come in. So. Yeah. Okay, Jess, well, we appreciate it as always. Well, as I said to Waddle and Sylvie a couple of weeks ago, talk to you in March, guys. <laughs> okay. We'll keep bothering you before that. Thanks. February 1st. Yeah. Pick up the phone. Be well. Yeah. See ya. Definitely. Jesse Rogers on uh, the latest on what's going on with Major League Baseball. You have any questions? 312-332-3776. We come back. We'll talk more. I just think if the Cubs want to do something, just spend that money on the one guy for the you know and go from there. If you're going to wait for the young guys to come up, um, have the one guy to solidify your infield in Carlos Correa. 312-332-3776. Hanley and Hubner on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Hey, don't forget, if you're looking for something to do on Monday night, you can join us and uh, Dos Ombres as Chicago takes on Minnesota at Tavern on the Point. Monday from 7 to 9, the ESPN Chicago Street team will be on site with the uh, Nissan Titan at 6724 North Northwest Highway in Edison Park. Uh, Tavern on the Point, you can enter to win a Chicago football prize pack, including tickets to New York at Chicago on January 2nd. That is tomorrow night, 7 to 9, at uh, Tavern on the Point. Um, 
Brian, I'm just saying, what are they going to do with Nico Horner? If they're not going to put Nico Horner at short and have Madrigal at second, then spend some money, make a splash, um, and go on and get a Carlos Correa. I know, like Jesse said, though, they've never looked like they were going that way. Well, you're preaching to the choir, and I wasn't part of the choir singing to Correa. Uh Uh, uh, He's 28, right? Yeah. Now, it is a little interesting that Houston didn't, like, jump right up and give him whatever he wants. Um, But I don't know if anyone's getting the 10 years uh, moving forward here after the CBA. Right. But, you know, why wouldn't you have a guy who's won, who's in his prime, who, you know, would fit here perfectly and and solidify everything you build around them forever um like schwindel all these guys it's nice they're nice stories sure you're not winning you're not winning anything with them you know don't don't tell me about Bodie and happy and what other other dwarfs you have there um (laughs) i'm with you but I, i haven't seen any indication that you know that they're going that they're going big and you know what they at the end of the year they had 40-something million before they signed Stroman that 40-something million dollars committed to next year's payroll. Right, right. right. I mean, nothing. I mean, it, it, zero. And yet they're still among top five, I think, in, in terms of ticket prices and everything else. So you can't cry poor. I mean, I know the pandemic hit them, and, and Tom Ricketts talked about biblical proportion losses and everything sure else did. because yeah. they spent and, – and, you know, hey, it's like anything else. They made investment around Wrigleyville to buy Wrigleyville and build hotels and buildings and buy rooftops and everything else, which is all great until something comes down the road that no one saw coming. And, right. You know, that's so – you know, I, I can feel bad for them, but, you know, that's just – that's business and that's life, right? So do you, you can't th- cry poor. Do you think that they are thinking – that they would go with uh, Horner at short and Madrigal at second and just go, I mean, young and, you know, just play it out with the – I like the, the Miley move was nice. I mean, you get him for $10 million, um, you know, I thought that was good. Um, Th- those are nice moves. Yeah. I mean, you can't – in a in – a, uh, you can't criticize them just looking at them, right? Right, right. They're not game changers. No, right? they're, they're not. not. Right. They're just – you're not – you may win the division. You might might be a wild card team. I mean, depending. But it just if if you really were going to win another World Series, and, and you know th- that's what you're dedicated to doing, you're you're miles away from that right now. Yeah. So I'm with you. I mean, it's not just making a splash for a splash sake with Korea. There's a guy you can build around. Now, sure. You know, look, I, I know that no one wants to pay pay the luxury tax, and we'll see where that goes with the CBA, and you know. It, when you're a repeat offender or you go over successive years, it's that much more onerous the tax you pay. We'll see if any of that gets changed. You know, Jesse said it, and you, you you know alluded to it in negotiations. And I, when I was at the Chicago, sometimes I I was on the committee one time when our contract was up. Okay, because the contract previously we got three year contract, zero raise in the first year. Uh, one one quarter or one half percent and one percent in the third year. I mean, it was it was wasn't worth the paper printed on. So sure. I decided to do something about it. Um, but in negotiations like this, it's easy to add something. It's almost impossible to take something away from whatever side, whichever side holds that. Right. So right. if it's six years to free agency, the owners aren't giving that up. Now you can find other ways to sweeten the the payroll pot or the the you know, the pie, the piece of the pie that players get. But 
it's almost an impossibility once a side is, is used to having a certainty that they ever you're know, going to shorten that to four years or three years or whatever. And, and if you're the players association, you know, probably no better time than now to make that a strike issue or make that, you know, a, a no work issue. Right. Right. And that's, and that's one of the things too, in the, in the NFL, they, you know, some of the things that players gave to owners years ago is still haunting some of the players now. And, but like you said, once the, the owners got it, they're never giving those things no, up. Yeah, no. They just don't and do the, it. Like, and the players wouldn't give up free agency. No. I mean, they no. Wouldn't give, you know, it just, once you have something that appreciably changes the fortunes of your side or, you know, what, whether you're the players or the owners, you're, you're not, you're not going, no. uh, Quietly into that good night. Oh, sure, take that. What else you want? Yeah, you know? no. Woj, you just uh, tweeted the Denver Brooklyn game today has been postponed. Well, so well, we were on a roll there for about an hour. Yeah, we were. Yeah, and uh, you know, after he posted earlier today that Denver had five guys uh, test positive, you kind of figured this was going to come. So um, you know, we'll we'll see if any more come in the next half hour. We come back. We'll take a look at the games in the NFL going on today. I went through ESPN's previews and pulled some uh, some gambling notes out of it, and uh, maybe you want to get your some of your wagers in before the twelve o'clock games. I'm seeing some people on Twitter talk about how this is the worst slate of Sunday games ever, and then uh, Michael Silver points out that twenty eight of thirty two teams are still alive for the playoffs. So, is it really bad? Uh, I thought last week was the worst slate of games I'd seen. <laughs> I know for a while. there's there's been some. Yeah. So we'll talk some football. We come back three. 3- one two three three two three seven seven six on ESPN one thousand. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN one thousand. So the Bulls scheduled to play the Lakers tonight, and I say scheduled because Frank Vogel um, enters the uh, health and safety protocols. The uh, Lakers coach. David Fisdale will coach tonight. Also, um, Kent Bazemore has entered uh, protocols as well. So we'll see how many more enter as they go along. What's the line in that game? I should check that. Yeah, you know what? I was I just had points put up a minute ago, and I've I, what? Well, I would guess I'll, off the board. Yeah, probably, right probably well, off the board. Yeah. There were a couple in uh, the NFL that were off, but I I saw on points, but I think I got all of them. So um, let's run down a bunch of them. Bulls that are, minus six and a half. Ooh, okay. Is that possible? Well, okay. uh, Anthony Davis is out. Yeah, and they Bulls got DeRozan coming back and Kobe White, I think, and. But no Levine, and I don't know. We'll yeah, see. That's why I was yeah. a surprise. Okay. Yeah, I got the DVR set in case I in case something else comes up. And uh, yeah, Derek Jones from the Bulls also out of uh, the protocol, so he should be able to uh, to play later on tonight. If in fact he's uh, he's healthy enough to play. So in the NFL today, uh, Dallas at the Giants. Dallas is a twelve point pick. Uh, New York's home games this year five zero and one at as the under. And I got the number at forty four and a half. I loved. I loved. I mean, why? Why? Who in their right mind came up with this idea? New York Giants uh, season ticket holders today. Yeah, get a free medium fountain drink. <laughs> okay, that's exactly my reaction. Yeah, it would be I mine mean, too. I mean, how much you spend to watch that? You know what? Yeah, and you—that's what you get. Here's a medium fountain drink. How about a free yeah. hat? Or something, a scarf I mean, on a, you know, in December. It's, it, I mean, what idiot 
public yeah. relations person thought that was a good idea. And other and they and he had a group of people that agreed with it. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, not a large one. <laughs> oh, no, Medium. No, no, no. Forget that large. Yeah. No, yeah. No, you got to pay for the extra three ounces, buddy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Arizona. Yeah. At least it should be booze if you have to yeah. sit for that. Right? Uh, free beer. Yeah. 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 Oh. Regular size, domestic. There we go. Um, Arizona's a 12.5-point favorite at Detroit. The Lions are 7-2 and two against the spread when getting at least four. They're getting 12.5. So... You know, I, and we'll see without, um, you know, it's at Detroit. They've played some games close this year. So yeah. 12 and a half is a lot. See your Bears. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Tennessee's at Pittsburgh. Uh, Steelers, a, a one-point favorite. Um, nothing on that one. The Jets are at Miami. Miami's favored by 10 and a half. Dolphins are 6 and 1 against the spread as a home favorite under uh, Flores. So, you said they won seven straight? What? They've won five straight. The Dolphins hey, have won five might as straight. Might well be ten. I never saw that coming. No, no, I know, and it's it's nice. They've been fun to watch. Um, Jacksonville hosts Houston. <laughs> what a game oh. that is! Oh, oh, the Jags are a six point favorite. Urban Meyer's uh, glad he got fired. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Carolina's at Buffalo. Um, Carolina is getting fourteen. And uh, the Panthers eight and two, and that line's gone up since since Tyler let us know about the kicker. They just showed a video of PJ Walker, the backup quarterback, is out there kicking as a potential emergency kicker. Yeah, oh and he looks like he's straight out of the nineteen forties with his setup and approach. Sure, it, it looks unbelievable. He has sure. a leather helmet on. I will say this: if there's one toe. team that might be in a good spot to be going for too frequently, it might be the Panthers. Remember that play that Cam Newton used to run in New England where he would line up shotgun and have a running back on either hip. He would motion him to whatever side he was going to run to, have him be a lead blocker, and then Cam would kind of bulldoze his way into the end zone. Yeah, That could be a play that they pull out in, in for a two-point conversion. I mean, that just think about that organization and the, the Panthers this year with Newton and everything else. and it's, Talk about a lost season. And that's just brutal. They're getting 14 against Buffalo today. And I said, the Panthers 8-2 and two against the spread is a road dog. Um, so, you know, you gamble at your own risk. Um, you know, as, again, uh, we'll mention our, our guy Doug Buffon again. But his line was, he who gambles lives in shambles. And this was after he won, I think it was sixty six grand in a slot machine. He won um, that twice, by the way. Did like he really? 50K. He used to cover. He used to cover the wheels and just keep pulling. Or, and, yeah. or hitting the button, and yeah. he had no idea what he won. He said, I don't care. I don't want to get upset or nervous. So he would just cover him. Yeah. 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 He, and he would just go there to smoke cigars uh-huh. and relax. Yeah. Right? And he, he didn't did. want to be bothered. And yeah. He would just sit there. And yeah, I, I would ask him about that. It's like, yeah. he didn't want to be at a craps table. He no. just wanted to sit there and enjoy. And, and twice he hit jackpots. Yeah. Jeez. I miss God him every him. Sunday. Yeah. God bless him. Yeah. Uh, Cincinnati is at Denver. Um, the Broncos are a three-point favorite. The Bengals are four and one against the spread in their last five games, and they're due for another another big scoring game. I know they scored some touchdowns late again with uh, Chase last week, um, and now they're at Denver. That should be a fun game to watch. Um, the Niners are an eight and a half point favorite at home against Atlanta. Falcons own four outright and against the spread against winning teams this year. Yeah, I, I mean, I saw that was a pretty healthy uh, line, but. You know, flying out, you know, indoor team going outdoor and whatever, really playing for. And 
Right. I think I think the Niners will cover that easily. Yeah, they've been an interesting. T- I mean, I'm, I watch them a lot, and sure, but they're they've been an interesting team, and they're not a hundred percent sure what their quarterbacks going to do. Their running game for the last two years has been all messed up with injuries and everything else. But uh, yeah, we'll see. That's a late game, also. And then you've got uh, Baltimore getting nine and a half at Green Bay. The Ravens are three and zero against the spread as a dog this year. But again, you got to wonder about quarterbacks and everything else like that. The the, the status of his ankle. Um, so we'll see what's going on there. And then uh, the Saints tonight are getting eleven against uh, Tampa at Tampa, and the Saints have covered the last six regular season meetings between the two. Which is surprising to me. Yeah. But there was a lot of those were when Tampa was not as good. Exactly. And New Orleans is, I mean, it wasn't even COVID. They just had half their roster on the uh, injured list right this season. Yeah. Throughout most of the year. Now, two games Monday. And Sean Payton's out, right? He's tested positive. For like the sixth time. Yeah, he's really, he's been positive. He was like the first guy. I think he was the first coach in the NFL to test positive. He's tested positively six times. If I'm him, I'm just getting, you know, forget it. I'm just, you know, when the tester comes, it's like, just get away from me. <laughs> just mark me down as I have it. Yeah, yeah. I have it. Um, Minnesota's a six-and-a-half-point favorite against the Bears. Bears 0-4 against the spread as a home dog. They're 2-8 and eight against the spread overall as a dog this year, which means they've been the underdog 10 times already and now make it 11 um, so that's, I, that's not good, I guess. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I don't know if that reflects the week they've gone through with COVID or that, that I mean, Minnesota has basically had one possession games throughout the season. Right? Every, every and, one of them, I think all yeah. but one is yeah. one. And they've been on game. the losing side of a lot of, uh, yeah. uh, uh, you know, really heartbreaking games. You would think if there's a team that was going to tank, the Vikings would be in the team picture, right? Yeah. Because of all the ones that didn't go their way. But Mike Zimmer has kept them together, and and the fact that they're almost a touchdown favorite on the road, I mean that tells you all the work the Bears need to do moving night, moving forward. Yeah, and the other Monday night game, which is played at four o'clock tomorrow, is Las Vegas at Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland is a two and a half point favorite, I think. I got the Browns here, zero and four against the spread in the last four games, and the Raiders are one and five in the last six. And so, Baker Mayfield's not available, right? Yeah. So this is the one that someone's got to win, right? Yeah, apparently someone's got to win. The, the The Vegas Raiders have been a, a real tough team to figure out too, in all their games this year. I'm not going to get to the Tuesday games because it's two days away. <laughs> um, but underdogs in the NFC West, just so you know, underdogs in the NFC West games between you know Seattle and the Rams, uh, underdogs have been seven and two outright and against the spread. So the dogs in NFC West matchups have been uh, pretty good this year. Yeah, we mentioned Jacksonville a little bit ago. Yeah. Urban Meyer, have we seen the last of him, or is it some university out there just waiting and giving it some time, and he's going to resurface um, as some savior uh, on some sideline? So yeah, I'm sure some some university would, and um, I don't think there's any doubt of that. Um, I do think I asked yesterday about college coaches and pro coaches. They did a great feature on um, ESPN the other day. Only three college coaches have come to the pros and won a Super Bowl. Jimmy Johnson, Barry Switzer, and Pete Carroll. Yeah. That's it. And uh, so you're at, what, Super Bowl 56? So three out of 55. Um, so you know, do the Bears want to go into the college ranks, or do they want to go with a, a, a guy that's failed before or an assistant? 
the Bears have been really good at picking guys that no one's ever heard of before. Right. Think about it. Bef- mean, we have yet before they heard before you heard Matt Nagy was a possibility. We had no idea who Matt Nagy was. And Mark Trussman. I mean, yeah. Well, Dave Wanstead even back yeah. then. You know, Wanstead he got some some pub when he was down there with Dallas. But it says here that the Jaguars are don't plan to pay Myers uh, a deal. Which is interesting. I guess they, the last thing in the article said, Florida is an at-will employment state, meaning employers or employees can terminate employment at any time and without any advance warning. Um, and and they fired him, you know, for, for cause. cause. Right. right. Yeah. But here's the problem, and, and this is where most organizations just go ahead and write the check, because if now you're out recruiting the next, you know, new best Head thing coach. coming along. Right. And he's going to say, well, wait a minute. You just get tired of me one week. I don't get my the final three years of my deal. Sure. Every other every other team in the league is paying that. Yeah. So that that's where you have an issue. As much as you don't want to, you know, stomach the idea that you're paying this dope to walk away after everything he did this year, right? Or didn't do, but that puts you at a, a competitive disadvantage when, you know, here you go to Chicago, you get you get seven, eight, ten years to to prove you really don't have a clue, right? <laughs> yeah. You do. It's the a, other end of the spectrum. Not a bad deal. Quickly, let's go to Dean downtown. Dean, what's up? Hey, Dean. Hello? Dean, what's up? Oh, sorry, I'm here. That's okay. Hey, what's going good on? Morning. Sorry about that. Good morning, Freddie and Brian. Hey. Shout out to Jake for taking my call. Welcome to the ESPN 1000 family, Jake. Cool. Yep. Jake Cantu <laughs> joining, joining our guy Tyler Rocky on the other side of the glass. What's going on? The chosen one, I, Tyler Aki. I called him earlier. I was going to share a little parlay. I liked the Steelers today. Wanted to hear what you thought. I think a lot of points played in that game. Uh, Big Ben clearly is on like the downside of his co- uh, career, according to everyone. But I still think he's got something left in the tank. So I think I'm going to do a little passing yards on the over for Big Ben. And uh, a couple of touchdowns, maybe Najee Harris, Friar Muth, and I'll throw in a fourth parlay on uh, one of the fourth receivers. What do you guys think? I'll, I'll keep listening. Cool. Thanks, Dean. Yeah, he he likes Big Ben going going uh, and throwing the ball. On, he's been rumored to be on the downside of his career for about ten years, right? Right. Um, but I was going to ask you earlier, Fred, before team, you know, is is this it for him for for yeah. Ben, or does he show up again next year? Um, uh, it does come know, to a point. I mean, and, and I know people that don't have money, like myself. We will say, how much money do you need? Right. And um, you know, I mean, do you need to go through all this again? Um, you know, he's he's got the money, he's got the fame, he's got Super Bowls and stuff like that. It's like, you know, how much longer are you going to hang around? So, I mean, you, you know, I get you, you want to go out on a winning note or whatever. Oh, that'd be but, great. Yeah. But, yeah. But that's not going to happen even next year, right? So, yeah. Well, well, it, yeah, we'll see. Tennessee's, Tennessee's a, a decent team. That could be a good game. Tennessee at Pittsburgh later on today, getting underway uh, at about. 12 minutes, 15 minutes. Uh, we come back. We'll uh, do a couple of final notes. We'll see if anybody else goes on the COVID list in the couple minutes during the commercial break. It's Hanley and Hubner here on ESPN 1000. ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. I have not seen anybody else go on uh, the COVID list. So that's good news, I guess. There should be football played. And uh, there will be football played at Soldier Field tomorrow night. 
as Justin Fields takes the field again, his 10th career start. Um, any thoughts on that one tomorrow, Brian? Uh, I, the more I can see Justin Fields, it's always a good day when I can see Justin Fields because I'm still believing that, that he's the real deal. And uh, whoever's here, you know, the idea you go get Ryan Day to, to be the coach. I, I, I'm not that far. I don't go that far that right. you tailor your coach to to your, your franchise quarterback in that regard because you, you said the number of college coaches that succeed in the NFL. Yeah. But I mean, they have to get this one right, and I still I do believe they got the quarterback right. Even though Mac Jones obviously had a a sturdier hand uh, de- developing him this year, right? So. Right. Well, I, I think about it too. I mean, you look at all the other college coaches that were out there that struggled. You know, your Lou Holtz and you know Saban was fifteen and seventeen, I think, in Miami before you know he stood at the podium and said, "I will not." be head coach of Alabama, and then what, yeah. a week later was there. Um, but, yeah, college coaches have all struggled, and uh, I don't know an- enough about how some of the coaches and the coach from Ohio State, how he's going to be here. Nobody does, and it's it's a little different um, when you're a college coach as opposed to a professional coach. And, um, you know, we had a caller the other day saying that college coaches can actually, you know, threaten basically the students more often. If you don't do sure. this, I can bench you. You don't do this. Right. Like your that scholarship doesn't work in away. the NFL. Right. Yeah. You can't. Plus, you can't bench your best player if he's being a jerk because you need to win games. Otherwise, your job's on the line. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm eager to see, um, you know, what the Bears can do. I had said three weeks ago that the Bears could win four of the next six games. I didn't expect them to beat the Cardinals. I didn't expect them to beat the Packers. But I thought the Vikings games were both winnable. The Giants game definitely is. And Seattle, who knows? Um, you know, the Seahawks have not been the team that a lot of people had thought. Russell Wilson. Playing, they're playing better the last couple of weeks. Yeah, sure. they are. They are. Uh, but, you know, Russell Wilson, he had, you know, they were, I think he wishes they would have moved him uh, yeah. in the offseason. That would have been a good thing for him. But um, Jalen Johnson going against Justin Jefferson will be fun to watch. Um, I really was wishing for, hoping for a Manning cast. Um, but they're, um, I think the Manning said, listen, we'll do this as long as we don't have to watch the Bears. Yeah. No, they took, <laughs> they, they took the bye week to the first time opportunity, yeah. right? Yeah. Hey, before we get out of here yeah. today, Fred. Yeah. Happy anniversary, 40th anniversary at the Chicago Tribune to our guy, Paul Sullivan, one of just the greatest guys around. And, sure. Um, it, the best thing you're going to read today, get to chicagotribune.com and, and read his, the, the, he selects 40 people that he's met along the way since uh, he was a copy kid starting at the Tribune 40 years ago today. And it's just a terrific read for a terrific guy. And, and so... Uh, happy anniversary, Sully. Um, it's just, it's it's really well done and, and a lot of fun, just like he is. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And you can usually find him, uh, what the heck's the name of the bar out by Wrigley Field? Um, uh, long time gone, Justin's. We used to be yeah, Justin. There was Justin's, and then there's the other one, a block and a half south of... Um, of the right field wall. I can't remember the name of it. The Murphy's Bleachers? No. Does, Nisi, is he the one Nisi, that? Nisi oh. Lounge. That's what it is. Oh, yeah. 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 But I used to meet him at Justin's all the time. Uh-huh. I walked yeah. into the Nisi Lounge with uh, Murph, and we had uh, uh, 16-ounce cans of Schlitz. And it, it was Perfect. a beer for, for the young people out there. Uh, Brian, uh, it was fun. We'll talk to, you, <laughs> talk to you later on this week. All right, Fred. Thanks, okay. man. Thanks to Tyler Rocky, Jake Cantu, all their help. It is Steelers, Tennessee, coming up after this on ESPN 1000.